Mark Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah. Marcus Sahaba online radio. Seven minutes after 11 Central African time. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful Wednesday. Wet morning on our program the bliss of marriage i'm telling my beloved engineer haji suleiman as of that uh, it's such a beautiful weather just to be what you call that uh, haji suleiman uh what blanket you call that to be in the uh good draw yeah huh? he says manana good Oh, Godri, Godri. He says, Manana, Godri. To be, uh, you know, just inside it, Godri, what nice uh, popcorn uh, and a hot cup of uh, cappuccino uh, at home. And I see it's raining. It's raining currently as I'm speaking to you here in uh, uh, Indonesia, uh, the land of Asia, my wonderful listeners of Sirius FM. Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal in uh, Company and our beloved wonderful listeners of uh, Merkaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah Wal Jama'a. Today is the tenth of uh, Rajab. Allahumma barik lana fi Rajaba wa Shabana wa Balina Ramadan. Allahu Akbar. Beautiful, beautiful dua, my wonderful listeners of. Uh, um, Barkaza Sahaba, the 1st of Feb, 2023, my wonderful listeners. Remember our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132, International Overseas uh, Listeners, plus 2784-786-3132, uh, plus 2784-786-3132. I love this weather. I really, really love this weather. Subhanallah. Uh, it's a weather that uh, you cannot go anywhere. You just need to sit at home and you need to tune in and listen to Marka Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. If you are with me, send me a message uh, while we are waiting for our beloved, honorable, respected Fadila to start. Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein Hafidhullah. If you are listening, send us a message on our WhatsApp number. Uh, 
The ideal situation is everything in the house that the wife should do, so she should do the cooking and baking and whatever else, and outside work all the husband should do. But if the wife is sickly, or sometimes she may not be so much in a mood, she's tired or whatever, and you, the husband, you know how to cook, not that you will go and burn everything and so forth, and then you cook, so that is totally fine, and not only for the wife, for the children, stepchildren, so or if the stepchildren are living with him, she was married previously, her husband passed away, or her husband divorced her, and now you're all living together. So in a case like that, because you're the mahram for her daughters, your stepdaughters, so there is no problem with that. You can cook for her, you can cook for the children, but provided you know how to cook, not that you go and make some explosion day in the kitchen and so forth, and go put things in a microwave which are not supposed to be put and so forth. So occasionally it will be fine and acceptable. So Ustad, what happens here if my mommy and daddy got divorced after 70 years of marriage? Does my mom still have to sit and eat that? She is now 87 years old, Ustad. So, inna lillahi wa inna rajiun. after 70 years, I just want to ask, what is their age? So, even she's 90 years old, 87 years old, is shaitan yet, you know? 70 years she gave your father, I don't know the story, but this is, this morning I mentioned it in a masjid, that after Fajr, I said, always read Surah 2, verse 102, to see what is the ploy, the plan, the aim, the objective of Satan, Shaitan, Lucifer, and Iblis. He wants to cause separation between husband and wife. So remember that that is what his aim and his objective is, the Satan. Now look at it, 70 years marriage and then divorce. So now the question arises, is it that compulsory? Yes, it that is compulsory because to maintain and preserve the sanctity of marriage. Marriage is not buying a car or a computer or a cell phone. So she, this lady, will have to sit for 90 days because she's obviously in menopause now. So for idda tuhunna thalathat ashur, Almighty Allah Jalla wala has mentioned in Surah Talaq, Surah 65. So go read verses 4, 5 and all that. You will find it there. So her idda will be from time of Talaq 90 days, nine zero days. 
and after that uh, it that will expire yes it will be compulsory Allah give a diet if he gave a one talaq or two talaq then they can still reconcile obviously if he gave three talaq then they cannot reconcile they cannot remarry so see always we should be aware and always I always tell people read the imams up today read this verse in Fajr Salat so on that I just elaborated I said whether you're going to get married or you're newly married or you're married for 30, 40, 50 years, 60 years then greed Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina ayun O Allah grant us such spouses and such children that are the coolness of the eyes and in that way they all may Allah will keep you united and always read Ya Wadudu Ya Wadudu Ya Wadud Ya Allah you are the creator of love so bring that love within us kindle the marriage Ya Allah and daily give out some charity Almighty Allah protect us from Lucifer Satan Lup Iblis Shaitan and all his agents remember that is their aim to break the family unit and family structure Allah Jalla protect us through his benevolence mercy and grace at all times all places all circumstances the listener says that dear honorable Mufti Saab can I buy my husband a genuine gold wedding ring not for him to wear Ustad but as an investment if something happens to me he should sell it Ustad so why you want to buy a gold ring for him then rather buy you must remember a Kruger coin or something and then they won't have any problems one day Habibuna Mustafa Rasulullah came out with that gold you know genuine gold like gold ring or whatever in the right hand Mubarak and in the left hand remember the left hand Mubarak was genuine silk and said Huma haramun ala zukuri ummati that these two items are haram for the men of my ummah and wa halalun li inasihim and it is permissible for the ladies and so forth go open Mustafa Ahmad Ibn Majah various compilations you will find it so if you see you must understand what you're doing that you say you want to buy a genuine gold ring for him so for him to wear it is haram and end of the day when the year passes remember then you will have to pay zakat on that ring as well so the current market value two and a half percent if it is just say a hundred thousand you'll have to pay two and a half thousand so this example obviously i'm giving so my advice to you instead of buying the gold ring for him rather buy you must remember gold for him for example a Kruger coin or something like that so that he can sell it he can you know you can invest it further and so forth and so on so that will be my advice obviously zakat will still be compulsory on the current market value at two and a half percent Ustad I seen my husband's friend cheating on his wife to tell my husband about this I would like to remain anonymous Ustad so if you got evidence and so forth and so on so then you should tell your husband about it or if you know his friend's wife then you should tell her about it provided you are 100% sure and so forth and so on and if you feel it will cause a lot of turmoil then just tell your husband or tell somebody who is close to that lady and so forth that you know there's something going on and you can remain anonymous and so forth 
there's so many ways of doing it nowadays. But remember that you must have concrete evidence and you can't say that he and she are committing adultery. You can just say, because you're not a witness to that, that maybe you saw that your husband's friend with another lady who's not his wife and they were there at a restaurant or at a hotel or what have you and you could make out there's some hanky-panky business going on. So you can just inform the wife that be aware that there's something going on behind your back so words like that you can use but don't use the word that he is committing adultery and so forth and so on because then that will become a major issue islamically for you as well so you must get the message across but you must do it a bit diplomatically Hmm. somebody says you start that ramadan is approaching Uh, is it the job of the wife to prepare savories ustad Remember from now already we should be reading Allahumma barik lana fi Rajab wa Shaaban wa balighna Ramadan Oh beloved Allah that you grant us barakah during the months of Rajab and Shaaban and spare us save us for the month of Ramadan Mubarak mashallah so the hadith is mentioned in Mishka Sharif Bayhaqi and so forth when the month of Shaaban starts Ubada bin Samit radiyallahu an when you come out from Aqsa al-Mubarak and your back is facing the Qibla, on the right hand side the graveyard cemetery is there, you will find Ubada bin Suamit radiallahu is buried there. And if you go to Cyprus, you will find his honorable spouse, his wife, and Umm Haram radiallahu anha, she's buried there in Cyprus. This is Sahaba, male and female, what what sacrifices they made. Now we go on, he states, and if you want a reference, go open Kanzul Ummal, go open Tabarani, and you will find this hadith there. So as Ramadan is approaching, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa taught the Sahaba, read this following dua, which I'm reading now. Allahumma sallimni li Ramadan. Ya Allah, you save me, protect me for Ramadan. That there must be no illness, no sickness, no accident, and so forth, and must have. Wa sallim Ramadan Ali. And Ya Allah, protect Ramadan for me. There must be no issues and controversy regarding the moon and the, you know, crescent and so forth and so on. Then the third part was Salim Huli Mutakabbala. Ya Allah, you save it for me that all the good deeds, good speech, whatever I do, it is accepted in your court. That, my sister, is the real preparation and the hadith in Tabarani and the hadith in Ganzul Ummal. Now, if your husband, he likes samosas and he likes bajjas and he likes this and spring roll and Allah, Allah knows whatever else. So if you can manage, then you must cook it like myself. I'll tell my wife, you know, I like this, I like this. So she will make it for me and so forth. The other day she made a halim and mashallah, some bajjas and so forth, you know. So they in Pakistan, they don't call bajja, they call pakori. <laughs> so, so I said, oh, you made pakori today. <laughs> so bajja, you see in Mammon, we got a nice saying, you mustn't eat too much bajja, then you make kajja, you see. <laughs> so what it means, it means if you eat too much bajja, then you start fighting also, you see. It rhymes, you eat too much bajja, then you make kajja. You see, Suleiman, you must know these words there. 
So that is how you must know. So I told her, oh, Ramadan fever started already. You see, like that. So if the wife can do it. But sometimes the wife, they don't want to do, or she make a mess and all that. Then go buy it from somewhere where you know it's halal and tajiba. Don't just go buy from anybody because today a lot of problems in that also. But you get people who make and it's halal and tajiba, and then obviously you have to pay for it. It works out much more expensive. So we will say yes, you should prepare it and all these things here. Yeah? And it's a akhlaqi first, and it is a moral obligation upon you, the wife. And if you know, because today many wives they don't know how to make all these things here. Second one for this year now, you know, 2023, 1444, you ladies, you know better than me what we understand in these things here. That you will have to work it out in such a way that you have to go around the load shedding business and all that. Because some people, just today, this morning, somebody told me they have 10, 12 hours per day load shedding and so forth. So, I mean, it's not a small thing. It's a big crisis, this. Imagine people are just making a living and so forth, and now they have to cook and so forth, and then they load shedding for six hours, for eight hours, everything in the fridge goes off. Mm. So And it's a big setback and all that. So you must try and make some, you know, alternative of arrangements or try and work around it and so forth and so on. So, and beg all Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala, chapter 66, Surah Tahrim, verse number 8. Rabbana atmim lana, noorana waqfil lana. Ya Allah, complete and perfect for us our noor. Give us the noor, the radiance, the energy, the power. Yea, in this world and in the cover, in the year after and on the day of Qiyamah and on the day of justice. Quran Karim says the munafikin and hypocrites, they will beg the truth believers mm. that we want a small portion of your nur you know people who smoke smoking is not permissible all the cigarettes and all not permissible but I'm just giving you an example so the one brother or the one chap in school tells the other person give me a stompy that's the word they use give me a stompy so the little bit cigarette that's left give it to me so he will smoke and so obviously not permissible but remember that is what the hypocrites will do they will beg the Muslim give us a stompy give us a small portion of the new radiance that you have Allah Ta'ala will not allow it you must remember that so that is what we are asking that we have the nur, the radiance, the effulgence, the energy, the power electricity <laughs> in this world and we have the nur in the grave did we ever think we'll be alone in the dark, dark place yeah. and what will happen on day of justice, so only all Allah's mercy will help us nothing else will help us وَأَدَخِلْنَا فِي رَحْمَتِكْ وَأَنْتَ رَحْمُ chapter 7 verse 151 oh Allah include us admit us in your special special mercy whilst you oh almighty Allah you are the most merciful one to show mercy Allahu Akbar subhanallah I see Haji Suleiman says he will when he get married he will ask his wife who start to make the bajia uh, but then there wasn't make kajia <laughs> No fighting. <laughs> subhanallah, subhanallah. Uh, move this up. Uh, my friend married a man 15 years. Uh, it says here, uh, Gott Jr. Uh, he, her eldest daughter is 19 years old. 
Her daughter confided in me that she is starting to have feelings for her stepfather. And when they spend time together, she cries and is depressed as the stepfather avoids her. Should I tell my friend? What do I do? Ustad. So you must remember, let's get the question first properly. So the question here is this, that this lady, she married a husband who is very young. Mm, 15 years. Younger than her. Jews, I see, her junior. Yeah, so 15. So let's say he is 25, 24, around there. And now this lady, she was married previously, and maybe her husband passed away or divorced her, Allah alone knows. So she has a daughter who is 19 years old. Mm. So remember that once you, this husband, who's 25, whatever, and that lady is 40 years old or whatever. So in a case like that, that once he consummated the marriage with that lady, with his wife, so these daughters, they become haram upon him. He becomes their mahram. Mm. So Almighty Allah Jalla Wala addresses this issue. Those daughters, you call them Rabiba if they're single. And if they are plural, Rabaib. So Almighty Allah Jalla Wala makes mention of all this in the Noble Quran. And in Surah 4 verse 23, if you don't understand the surah business and verse business, the ending of the fourth supara, the fourth Jews, all Allah states. So once you have consummated the marriage with that wife, these daughter's mother, so remember that you become their mahram. But when you see that you, the stepfather, now you start having feeling for your stepdaughter, your stepdaughter, she starts having feeling, so remember it's haram for you all to be alone because one thing will lead to another and that will create big, big problems. So you must have no physical contact and never compromise the situation where you are alone with one another and all the shaking hand and embracing one another, all that is out. Although you are mahram to one another. See, I give you an example. That you have a father-in-law and a daughter-in-law. So in a normal circumstances, the father-in-law can shake the hand of the daughter-in-law. The daughter-in-law can shake the hand of the father-in-law. But where you fear hanky-panky business, fitna business, so we will tell them from day one that no shaking hands, no physical contact, no embracing one another, and so forth and so on. So very similarly here as well, that you, the stepfather and the stepdaughter, when there's feeling from one side or from both sides, and you can already perceive it, sense it, then remember you must never be alone in the lounge or in the kitchen or bedroom or wherever and no physical contact because then definitely you're asking for trouble when you put butter next to the stove then you know what happens so similarly here also there might just be a big explosion and thereafter the nikah will break and a lot of issues will happen mm. so you must be very very careful and circumspect in this regard mm. subhanallah so Ustad uh, can a Muslim inherit from a non-Muslim father Ustad totally haram on that issue there is consensus according to all four schools Shafi'is Hanbalis Malikis Hanafis why? 
because the hadith is authentic in Tirmidhi Sharif, Tirmidhi and Mustana Ahmad and Mishkat Sharif, various compilations. He, Mustafa Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, La yarithul muslimul kafir walal kafirul muslim. A Muslim cannot inherit from a non-Muslim and a non-Muslim cannot inherit from a Muslim. So both ways it can't work. Yes, you must remember if that non-Muslim father, he made wasiyah, that he wrote, he say he's giving you the son or the daughter a gift or something, for example, So, but not inheritance. So then that will be permissible. Inheritance means you're going to inherit a certain share proportionately, automatically, by virtue of you being the son or the daughter, blood relationship. That is haram. But if he writes there, in his world that is giving you a gift or something like a wasiya he's bequeathing that for you so then that would be acceptable permissible somebody says he'd moved to ak and molana arafat seen the video clip where they're hitting the sister in india what is marka sahaba doing about it we ladies need to voice our opinion and lucky we're not in india dear mufti sahab because then we should fight back i'm so disappointed why is our sisters quiet about this Ustad? I don't know which world you are living in, my brother, my sister. Every morning, like today, 4.23 or so, the Fajr Azan went. I came down, and 4.30, I remember, Moana Arafat announced we're starting the program. So I do one, two verses, commentary of the Global Quran, and then I said, we take you around the world with the news, views, and interviews. So in there, I mentioned it, and I said, this is the shame of India. What you saw is very small, my sister, <laughs> that I read the whole article in a magazine, Indian magazine, and there is written that in India, they have the caste system, and the Dalits are the untouchable, and every day in India, six Dalit women are raped, and nothing happens to them. I mentioned all this. If you want the podcast of this morning, just send it to Mona Arafat now on zero eight four seven eight six three one three two. What is your podcast? What is your WhatsApp number? And Mona will send it to you. Mm. And in your leisure time, you can listen to it. So we address all these issues. Not only that, I said then there was one guru, and he raped his women. You understand? Who were there with? him in the ashram and then they already sentenced him for 20 years and so forth and then I mentioned the shame of Abu of Dubai that Dubai has changed one whole area's name there they called it Al-Hindi in, in praising the Hindus and the Indian government they said they made a great contribution I said they bring their idols there they bring their kufr and shirk there you made more and more temples for them there Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam's hadith on his deathbed the master alayhi salatu salam said akhrijul yahud wal nasara min jaziratil arab so expel the Jews and the Christians from the Arab peninsula the non-Muslims and you went to do this so all these things we addressed so now sister for you to say that nobody is doing anything that's wrong 
So you must remember that Muslims, whether we like it or not, the truth of the matter is the butcher of Gujarat, Modi, and the BJP, and the RSS, and them, so they are treating the Muslims there as second, third, fourth citizens, and this is doing it to their own people, the Dalit, and that are not Muslims, they're not Muslims, and they are considered untouchables. She went to take a bath, and then they hit her, assaulted her, and so forth. That is tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I'm right. telling you daily, minimum six of them get raped and so forth, and nothing happens because they have what they call a caste system. So me and you must show the beauty of Islam. Surah 49, verse 13. I read for you. Chapter 49, Surah Hujurat, verse 13. Ya ayyuhannas, O humankind, O people, Indeed, we created you from one male and one female, Adam and Eve, Nabi Adam alayhi salam, and Sayyidah Hawa radiallahu ta'ala anha. And we made you into nations and tribes. Shu'uba, nations. And we made you into tribes. Why? So that you recognize one another. Let us just pause there before I continue with the verse. In Hajjatul Wida, the farewell Hajj, imagine more than 1400 years ago. That was in the 10th year of the Hijrah, 10 years after migration. Now we're in 1444. So 1434 years ago, approximately, Mustafa Rasulullah sallam, the messenger of Islam with a global international message said, La fadala li Arabiyin ala ajamiyin. There is no virtue for the Arab over the non-Arab and vice versa. La fadala li abiyad ala aswad. That there is no virtue for the white person over the dark looking person and vice versa. Then what he said, illa bittaqwa, but with true piety, Allah consciousness. Now go on with that verse, Surah chapter 49, verse 13. Inna akramakum, indallahi atqakum. Verily, the most noble amongst you are the one who has the greatest taqwa and piety. There is no such thing in Islam that a caste system and you have touchables and untouchables and all that. All that further entrenches the kufr system and the shirk system, the system of blasphemy and idol worship and polytheism. Therefore, Islam has abolished and demolished all all these artificial things and we all are the servants and slaves of all Allah, and we believe in the one and only supreme being all Allah, Allah, Allah. I remember yesterday we posed this question if parents don't approve of a boy's nikah can anybody else be a wakil to the nikah and Ustad did answer that question but today the question is maybe a bit opposite from UK does a boy need a girl's permission to make nikah if the girl's parents give permission on her behalf. Ustad. Once the girl is happy, the boy is happy, and the girl's father and them gave permission, then remember you go ahead with the nikah, and the nikah is valid, what we will always suggest. And if you look at the hadith, it's also mentioning that. And if you look at Quran also, so the hadith sharif in Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, Mishkat, Mustad Ahmed, 
La nikaha illa biwaliin. How you say la ilaha illallah? Truly, there is no deity, there is none worthy of worship illallah except Him, Almighty Allah, and Muhammadur Rasulullah, Mustafa Habibuna sallallahu sallam was, is, will always be the, the last and final messenger of Almighty Allah jalla So that is what we say there. So yeah, la nikaha illa biwaliyin, the nikah will not be valid unless the father, biological father, gives permission, or the paternal grandfather, the dada, gives permission, or the brother gives permission, or the paternal uncle, the chacha, kaka, am in Arabic, he gives permission. And then you, the father, you are alive, you should become the wakil and the representative. So I am performing your daughter's nikah to Mona Arafat son, for example. So Mona Arafat son is happy, Akil is happy, and your daughter is happy, and you, the father of the lady of the bride, gave permission. So we're giving you one more advice, Islamic advice. When we're going to perform and solemnize that nikah, then you, the girl's father, we don't say must, but we will say highly desirable, recommended. You should be the wakil and representative of the bride. Mm. Well, it's uh, 22 minutes uh, to 12. We'll go for an interval. When we'll come back, inshallah, we will continue with the bliss of marriage. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Well, it's uh, 20 minutes to 12, and listen to says, Ustad, that say if I utter the words of talaq to my husband, are we still married, Ustad? Remember, if the wife utters the word talaq 100 times, 1,000 times, it means nothing. Remember, because you, the wife, you cannot give talaq, so your marriage will still be valid. Illa fi suratin wahida. Yes, there is one exception, one exemption. This is a little bit uh, delicate to so understand. First, let me explain the word to you. Surah 40, chapter 40, verse 44. So I always teach you this dua, and daily we all should be reading it, because in life today, you have the Hasidin, you have the Hakidin. Hasidin, those people who are jealous, envious of you because your house is very nice or your marriage is very good or your children are excelling or they're very handsome, very beautiful, the daughters. So like that. And so, or Hakidin, they have that hatred for you. You understand? Why are you so successful and they are not successful? So they want to cause you harm and so forth. So Surah chapter 40, verse 44 amri Oh, beloved Allah, I am handing over my affairs, my matters to you, Ya Allah. Inna Allah basirun bil-ibad. Verily, Almighty Allah is all-observing, all-seeing over the servants. Then in the very next verse, Surah chapter 40, verse 45, Allah Ta'ala says, you did that, you handed over your matters to me, فَوَقَوْهُ اللَّهُ سَيِّعَاتِ مَا مَكَرُوا Almighty Allah Jalla wala, will protect that person from those people, the enemies, and those who are envious and jealous, from their plotting, planning, and scheming. Allah is giving guarantee. So, فَوَقَوْهُ اللَّهُ سَيِّعَاتِ مَا مَكَرُوا I just wanted to show you the term. So what is the term? وَأُفَوِّدُ So to hand over. So this talaq you call tafwidu talaq. Ta-fa. 
wow ya dwad tafweed talaq so the husband tells his wife okay or the wife said when they were discussing the terms and references of marriage so she said fine i will marry you with one proviso one condition so he asked her what is the condition so she said that she also wants to have the right of talaq if he is on drugs allah forbid or if he assaults her or if he gets married to a second lady and so forth and so on and both parties agreed and they signed and so forth and so on so yeah the husband went allah forbid philandering extra marital affairs busy with his secretary busy with somebody's daughter allah forbid allah forbid now she can use and exercise her right that is if they agreed on one talaq a buy-in then she can say she is issuing talaq to herself and she's going out of this marriage and if she don't want to exercise it so that also is an option so in that case there then the wife can say she's not divorcing the husband she's divorcing herself from the husband there's a slight difference there so that is called tafweedut talaq so therefore Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala an when he wanted to marry Jamila Jamila was the daughter of of Abu Jahal then Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said majtama'a bintu nabiyin wa binti adu wa bintu aduwin it can't happen that the daughter of a nabi and the daughter of the enemy of Allah are by one person by you Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu at one time so if you want to do that then Sayyidah Fatima will have the right to make the fees and so forth and so on so therefore in Islam that is allowed obviously 90% 80% of the people are unaware but that's why we have this type of programs to educate you and to show you but in normal circumstances the wife can say thousand times talaq it means nothing the nikah is still valid but if there was a tafweez at talaq a contract you must remember before then she can exercise that right if he the husband violated one of the clauses there like the examples I just mentioned so then it will be but then it's up to her whether she wants to exercise that right or not hmm. listen to this one Ustad uh, I think maybe Ustad should just advise the sister uh, about the history she says Bibi Ghadija radiallahu anha was 53 when she married Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wow, stop, stop. Your question is wrong already. You see, sometimes you'll think you're too clever. You understand? But you don't even know the basics about it. So you must remember that. Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam married Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha when he, the master alayhi salatu salam, was 25 years old. She, Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, was 40 years old. The marriage subsisted and carried on for 25, 25 and a half years. And at the age of 65, she passes away during the month of Ramadan. And this was before the migration, Sayyidah Khadija. So when your first part is wrong, so obviously your premise falls away and everything else you want to ask. So what you want to ask, that she was married to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and she was a big business lady and that shows we can do business. They'll ask all these kind of questions. So you must remember that I'm asking you one thing. 
Was Sayyidah Khadija Radiallahu going to a shop or something? Was she going to interact with the men and all that? Totally haram. Hmm. Quran addressed first and foremost the honorable wives of Nabi alayhi salam and then the other ladies. Surah 33, verse 33. وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ you must stay glued in your homes. And if the need comes for you to go outside, sometimes the need is there. So you go outside without exposing any beauty and so forth. She had, you must remember, agents that would go and sell on her behalf and so forth. So when we want to speak, we must speak first things properly. Not come, we don't even know the first facts and we want to talk. So remember this type of things here. It shows that people have a hidden agenda and when they just start speaking, all upside down. So therefore, I had to interject there. When you speak, you must speak the correct things and not upside down things. Let's get on. So she says that, uh, but there's elderly ladies who are interested in Suleiman Esop and brother Riaz Hussein. Yeah, but but he's not interested in elderly ladies. He wants a young lady. So you must remember these things here. He's 35 years old. He wants girl lady who are 25 years old, 30 years old. He the one 50 years old and 60 years old and all that. He said they disqualified. So end of the story. My husband made me a Muslim. <laughs> I perform all my salah and read Quran. He stopped, he stopped completely saying that the good I do goes to him as well. So no need for him to perform salah is this true, start. He goes straight to Jahannam. So the first part is true that if somebody makes somebody a Muslim or you teach somebody something, that when you teach somebody something and that somebody does good deeds, then you, the person who taught them, you will get the reward. But now the second part that he says that he don't have to read Salat, he don't have to read Quran, he don't have to do this, for that you must show him this verse here and he goes straight to Jahannam the Quran Karim states Allah Jalla Wala protect us all this is how the Satan Lucifer beguiles and misleads people Surah number 74 Surah Muddathir tomorrow on the day of justice the Quran states Allah will say the angels will say Ma salakakum fi saqar what made you walk straight into Jahannam the people will say first thing we never read Salat this is not my fatwa it's Allah's fatwa Allah is telling us in the noble Quran chapter 74 surah Muddathir and verse number 43 then 44 we would not feed the poor we would not give zakat and so forth so the first thing is Salat my brother so yes that first part you will get reward but now for you to take that result now that you don't have to perform salat so remember Quran says you go straight and dispatch to Jahannam so don't make a mockery of deen and don't change the deen to suit your own appetite and your own whims and fancies and desires Ustad mm. allow me to read this question we listen to your Q&A every morning you say you want non-Muslims to pose any questions 
But when the Jews pose questions to you, you don't like it. And then you block Brava Amos and Shalom. Stop hiding behind your mic and face us Jews for a debate. Your ulama are standing with us. We have your recording. Anonymous Ustad. You must remember that when you talk nonsense, so then it's not worth it. You tell me that in Israel there's no apartheid. So obviously there's nothing to debate because I just told the Muslim lady now that when she spoke, Sayyidah Khadija married Nabi Salam, 53 years old. So I told her, just stop. Your facts are totally wrong. So what can we go on? When Mustafa married Sayyidah Khadija radiallahu anha, she was fifty years, she was forty years old. And Mustafa was twenty-five years old. So if you want to discuss what you want to discuss about Israel, is Israel an apartheid state, yes or no? Hundred percent it is. Now you want to debate it's not. President Carter wrote a whole book on that. You must remember this. Your Ilan Pape wrote a whole book on this. Your Benny Morris wrote a whole book on this. Your Gideon Levy is every day writing almost every day in the Haaretz about this. Your Amira has. I'm not quoting any Muslim. I'm quoting your forces. Is Islam a terrorist apartheid regime? So 100% occupation is terrorism. Is Israel on double standards? 100%. You have the biggest present day in Gaza. If any Muslim of any so-called scholar, if you want to call them scholars, is siding with you on the issue of Islam, Israel is out of the fold of Islam. So Almighty Allah says, you are our worst enemy, Surah 5, verse 82, your worst, worst enemies are the Jews and the Hindus. We say a hundred times that we don't say every Jew, we don't say every Hindu, but definitely we will say majority Jew and majority Hindu. So Almighty Allah states, Surah 7 verse 167 Allah will continue punishing them till the day of so when you don't want eh, you want to make idle debate so you waste our time we don't have time for that you can fly a kite <laughs> we will take other people who are interested in the truth <laughs> Allah Akbar and he still say your ulama are standing they are dead your ulama they are puppet ulama they are out of the fall of Islam if they are siding with the Jews. Mm. Finish. Listen to this one who start overseas. Uh, they say they tried calling Uftisa, but of course, uh, no answer. I have three kids. They don't look like me, nor my husband. We went for a DNA test and it was found that all three kids weren't ours. Coincidentally, they were mixed at birth. They want to know what do we do now, Ustad? Remember, yeah, there are three, four issues. In time of Mustafa, Habibuna, sallallahu sallam, one Sahabi came to Mustafa, sallallahu alayhi sallam, and said, Ya Rasulullah, this one son or one daughter, one child is mentioned. That most probably a son, that he was a little bit like, say, dark in complexion. So maybe this child is not mine. See, Rahmatulil Alameen, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, said that... Do you have camels? He said, yes. He said, are all of them the same color, complexion, whatever you want to say? He said, no. Some are fair, some mm. are in between, some are dark. So he said, how come? Nabi alayhi salam, I said, mean irtin, maybe one vein or something. So Nabi alayhi salam said, the same analogy, you call it analogy, kias applies here as well. So you must remember this. So therefore, Nabi alayhi salam stopped everything there and said, al-waladu lil-firash. And uh, the person, 
person who's the husband, so he will be the father of these children, and she will be the mother of the children. The lineage will go to the father. So end of the story. So that is what Islam teaches us. Now you say whether you in London or you are they in Leicester or wherever or wherever in the world, right? So you are married five years, ten years, twenty years, you got three children. Now the three children, you say, they don't look like one another, they don't resemble you or whatever. So you went for DNA test. So now we have to stop here. Does DNA test has any bearing in Islam? Is it acceptable? No, it's not acceptable. So you must remember, so that part you can just reject from an Islamic Sharia point. is not a valid thing, Islam. So now it's there. They say it's mixed up and so forth and so on. So we will say that you, the father, either you accept these children as your children and then you stay happily married with your wife. You don't accept. You make nafuel walad. You say these children are not your children. Or the last one or one of them is not your child. So then that child there, the lineage will go to the mother and one go to you. And then you have an option. You want to stay with your wife, you can stay with her. You don't want to stay with your wife, then you give her talaq. So that is what Islam will tell you. No DNA business and all that in Islam. Islamic law is very clear on all these issues. I see Allah says Ramadan is approaching. My dad wants me to marry in Ramadan. Is this advisable, Ustad? Very good, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala and married Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha during Ramadan and after the battle of Badr. So meaning that Badr took place on 17th Ramadan on a Friday and it was the second year after the Hijrah. And if you want a reference of this, that it was after the battle of Badr, go open the Hadith Kitab Musannaf Abdul Razak and you will find it there as well. So in the last 10 days, the Barakati days and Barakat nights and great auspicious night so it's totally permissible but one thing you must be very careful you go get married in Ramadan then it's not you so busy with gymnastics and all that that you can't wake up for suhoor and sehari you can't wake up for fajr and all that then rather you postpone it to shawal shawal is better than getting married in Ramadan Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi married Sayyida Aisha radiallahu anha during the month of shawal and she had no children. Our mother, Siddiqa, Sayyidah Aisha, radiallahu anha, and she would encourage her nephews, nieces, family members, that they all must get married during Shawwal. If you want a reference of that, open Tirmidhi Sharif. Listen to this one, Ustad. It says here, uh, I have five kids, Honorable Mufti Saab. All the names start with the letter Z. I was told that this is un-Islamic. Is this true, Ustad? Very good. No problem. Our people, you see, many of them, they come from India. Uh, so when they came from India, here in South Africa, I'm seeing, they came, and whether they go London or wherever, same thing. So they went 100 years ago, 150, 160 years ago. So from there, from Mirzapur, Saharanpur, Palanpur, Chakmalpur, and uh, Kolvatpur, and all that they saying, Kanpur, and whatever. So what happened? They took one Lal Kitab, one red book. That red book got all fairy tales in it, you understand? 
truth so they attach so much importance you can't keep everybody's name with M Muhammad Maliha Maria Masihul Masiha Masihullah like that they tell you no so Z so you got what Z so you got what you got Zubaida there then you got Zinira there then you got you must remember that uh, some other names Zaid there and you got all that Ziad there and all that so they'll tell you no 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 you can't do that it's totally wrong 100% permissible so you must remember these are Indian fairy tales. When they told you what you call it? Indian fairy tales. So that is what they call it. You must remember. So inshallah, that brings us to the end of our program. So and remember, while we're speaking of names, let me end up on this hadith in Mishkat Sharif Abu Dawood. Innakum tud'awna yawm al-qiyamah bi-asma'ikum wa-asma'i abaikum fa-ahsinu asma'akum. Authentic hadith. Take Arafat Mulana. Mulana's name, when we call on the of Qiyamah, Arafat bin Ibrahim. Myself, remember, it will be called Abdul Qadir bin Ismail. Our Suleiman, Suleiman bin Yusuf. That our people, they just turn the name upside down, Esop and Isop and all. It means Yusuf. So remember, like that it will be. So you must choose good, good names. Mustafa sallallahu commanded us, فَأَحْسِنُوا asmaakum. So that is what Islam teaches us. And today is Wednesday after Zuhur, make a lot of dua for us and the Ummah. Barakallahu feek. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jamaah.